Hey everybody, welcome to All Stars. I'm Sal. Joined today, obviously, every day, every every month anyway, by Josh. Yeah, once a month. Josh. Yes, uh, with uh, America's daring, highly Spain sp- uh, trained special mission uh, force member. Uh, welcome to the show. Oh, yeah. You know, that's funny. I got to figure out what my code name is going to be. Oh my I gotta God. I got to figure out what my JJ what my code name is. I don't know yet. So years ago, years and years ago, Hasbro actually set up this really cool, like, G.I. Joe and Cobra, I'll say, experience inside. I think it was inside the Marriott and at San Diego Comic-Con. And so my buddies okay. and I were, like, cutting through to get to our hotel room or do who knows whatever. And <laughs> they, had, uh, they had this huge thing. And you can go and get, like, an official, like, like G.I. Joe or Cobra badge. And, like, oh. of course, we all picked Cobra badges. Of course. But it yeah. was this awesome thing. And I, I actually need a, I wonder if I have that somewhere. I should find that. But, yeah, dude, yeah. So, you know, Skybound announced the, the new Energon universe yesterday. And, yep. Um, you know, I'm not really allowed to talk about it too much. Like, we're really saving everything for San Diego Comic-Con. That's when the really big uh, push is going to be. And that's when we're going like, to show some really cool stuff. And, you know, it's been, it's been really, really exciting. I feel like it was one of the best kept secrets in comics like i feel like the fact that I they know. were able to keep a secret yeah this whole time and it's been going on for so long like it's yeah. definitely been going on for a while i think the i honestly think the very first conversation i had with them um was before my son was born and now my son is running around like a maniac so mm-hmm. it's been it's been in the progress for a long time uh but you know it's been really awesome you know and it got announced this week and i i did have one point of frustration with yesterday with everything mm. um you know i, I wanted to promote uh, G.I. Joe yesterday and I was like okay what should I post like you know I, I like to post little teases of things I don't actually yeah. like to just like full on post stuff and you know we're really trying to wait and hold a lot of the G.I. Joe stuff until uh, San Diego and yeah. so I was like you know what I'm going to take a picture of something that's in my office and just post that and then um, people can guess and you know have fun with it but the problem I was having is I have no idea how to take a picture of this Oh my god! Without it reflecting, (laughs) yeah, no, that's that's tough, man. I mean, anybody's gonna quick clips of my office right now, basically because of this thing. Yeah, so I had this in my office um, for a while, (laughs) so uh, I was like, how do I take a picture of this without it reflecting and seeing me? Yeah, in the picture, so. Uh, I guess I could have taken a selfie while I was wearing it, but that might be super weird. <laughs> that would be yeah. a little bit on the weird side. That'll you be know, the new Josh wanna, photo. That'll be the new picture they use for everyone. Oh, man. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I was I would still have a reflection, though. It would still be you see my hand and stuff. So I That's was, true. I was yeah. really frustrated with that. And then, you know, obviously, I posted this on Instagram, this bad boy. So yeah. I actually opened this uh, this morning, the box that it came in. I've had it forever, and I haven't been able to open it until, until this morning. Yeah. And it was wild because I didn't realize that it actually came with like a ton of toys. Oh, like I had no idea, dude. I actually opened the box up and I thought it was just the just the the striker. Yeah. yeah, and then it was like, no, no. And at first <laughs> I was like, dude, this is like endless because I was like, oh, there's three in here. And then it was like, nope, no, nope, there's what? more. There's more. Yeah, dude, it just what? kept going. <laughs> I know, dude. Look at this. Oh my god, no. <laughs> yeah, and then actually, I I forgot because it was a Hazlab, so I just forgot. And then it has a Cobra Commander. And I was just like, dude, I totally forgot that I had all of this stuff. And, oh, that's you know, awesome. I was super pumped when I opened it up uh, this morning. Because, you know, it, is, it was like, a, dude, it was Christmas. Because to me, yeah. I thought it was just the plane. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm going to put some cool. decals on it. Yep. I'm have some fun. It'll be great. And then, um, and then I opened the box up and there was a ton of toys. And then I got, I have this bad boy. Oh. This is really cool. With the Baroness and Megatron. And then, yeah. I got this cool Duke, this pretty <laughs> rad Duke. 
Uh, he comes with this thing. And then this thing, which is like one of the greatest toys that came out last year, even though I feel like it is so fragile, is this thing. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, this thing was super cool. Yeah. This is like, I say you know, that you- is, yeah. That, I remember that. I had, th- I had him for like the longest time. Yeah. Uh, me and too. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, me too, dude. I, one of my bigger regrets in life is that like all these toys I had when I was a kid, they're all gone. Yeah, they're gone. Definitely. They're gone. I was talking to a buddy of mine who was really into J.I. Joe, and he still has all of his. And I was like, dude, like, how is that possible? He still like, has invite me over. Yeah. We'll play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, dude. Well, actually, so I, uh, this is again, this is like one of my big secrets for the last few years, but it's like, so yeah, I'm, I'm a huge J.I. Joe fan. I have every single classified figure. No. Um, I've got, yeah, every single one. And there are a lot. Um, yeah. It, there have been a couple that I had to hunt down, and it was sort of difficult, but I have every single one. And, Awesome. Um, they've all been hidden because yeah. of, of of the secret. I didn't want someone to figure it out. Like, you know, like, dude's um, got a lot of GI Joe. I don't know what that's all about. Like, it's yeah, they're gonna be like, that's weird. Oh, <laughs> uh, but you know, and a lot of them aren't opened. Like, the majority of them aren't opened. I'm actually not. I don't know. I, I feel I have. I haven't decided if I'm gonna spend. I, I might have told you before. Like, one of the things I want to do is uh, I have a couple of friends who are big time like toy collectors too, and they know I have like. A shit ton of unopened toys here yeah. now, and um, I just want to be like, let's just have a toy opening party and just oh. sit here and just listen to some music, and open toys, and yeah. smell that plastic. Yes, I did the inhale all the time. Plastic. Just crack it open, get high. You know, it was, <laughs> it yeah. was insane. No, man, I uh, I had the exact same thing. I had a uh, years and years ago. We used to do this show, and we still do occasionally. But it was a sh- it was an unboxing show where people would mail stuff, and that was only mm-hmm. because people would people would send. Oh, us I knew this. Like, yeah, 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 I did know yeah. this. Yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like they, somebody sent us so many Batman animated series figures, not like classic oh, ones, but like the the, the good new ones. ones, the new ones. And we yeah, have dude, so yeah. many. And I was like, oh well, I'll just keep them over here. And then one day we'll film us just sitting and opening all of them and playing with them. I still haven't done it. <laughs> it's been like it? seven years. So here's my question: Do you have the Batcave? I don't have the Batcave, but I do have the Batmobile. I have. Uh, oh crap! I thought I had the the Batcycle, but I don't. But I do have the Batmobile. I don't have the Batcycle. I opened. I didn't get that one. I have the I have the Batmobile up here. It's about yeah. like a bunch of Batman stuff over here. Mine too. Uh, I did get the. I have the Batplane, and I have the uh, the Batcave, the animated series when it comes to Alfred. Yes. I have no idea where I'm going to put it. No, like this is my my biggest challenge in this room at this point is like I'm I'm trying to curate this room as best as I can. Yeah, and that was the one that I was like, oh man, I don't know where I'm gonna put that. Yeah. Like, there's there's certain things I'm probably gonna sell a bunch of stuff at some point because I don't mm-hmm. want this room to become unruly and I don't yeah. want to have too much stuff in storage. So yeah, I think the I think what will end up happening is I don't know. I'm gonna figure it out. I'll find a place for it in here somewhere. But yeah, I have that back cave and then I'll put all the toys you, on it. you gotta <laughs> I, literally i brought over stuff when i got the studio i'm like i have room now and so i got uh i got mm-hmm. my i I, I reassembled my spawn alley of course from uh oh, back then todd yeah. toys uh yeah. and then i i busted out my uh my castle gray skull and like i just all these play sets and i'm like there they all are i got uh my wife uh hooked me up with um the san diego comic-con exclusive ninja turtles the movie uh rooftop set oh, with all man. the turtles built them all put them all together and i'm like i don't have room for anything else up here anymore like what am i gonna do <laughs> dude this is how i'm at like i have when, when, when todd mcfarland did that awesome kickstarter for the spawn toys a few years ago i bought that toy I too bought, immediately dude i bought like 
too. I bought like three of each. Like, <laughs> oh no! I was, I was a crazy person, and now I have them, and it's like I've only opened one. Mm-hmm. Uh, my two buddies, who are also big toy collectors, we had a, this was during the pandemic, so we had a Zoom where I like kind of took them out of the boxes, but then I was so right. nervous I put them no. back. Yeah. So uh, what'll happen eventually once I get things a little more squared away, I'll probably open like one of them, and then I might end up selling them. I don't know. I, I haven't decided yet. Because yeah. that's the thing. At some point, I'm just out of room. Like that's yeah. the same thing you're dealing no. with, you know, and even like those Ninja Turtles, the Nika ones they did yes. at uh, San Diego Comic-Con, they would do that box set every year. Remember, mm-hmm. it was like the movie, the animated series, the, the comic show. series. The what? The stage show. The stage show. Did they actually do that? They did do that, right? They did do it. And yeah, now I, I, I actually. coming, And I'm like, no. I Oh, <laughs> I saw that. The Samurais. Yes. Listen, this is, this lets you know how much of an addiction I have to this stuff. I had to go on like a soul searching thing about that. The samurai because <laughs> I was like, you know, no. I remember being disappointed as a kid, but these look cool, so I don't know what to do with myself right now. Yeah, yeah. I the saw, I saw the that movie. stage show. I actually went to one. Of them. Did you really get to go? Yeah, I know I, I wanted to go, to go. As a kid, I wanted to go. My parents were like, under no circumstances does that happen. Oh, like, yes. We barely want to drive you to the comic book store. <laughs> we're not going to take you. Yeah, no, 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 your I father's not going to stand there, like cross arm, just watching puppets. Uh, play a pre-recorded tape. Yeah, yeah. It was it was weird. I will I will say that it was, was very it? very. Did you, it was when very you were there, you were like I yes, have. and then they started dancing. You're like, oh okay. Yes, it was all about the excitement. And then you get there, and it's just like what? I mean, I went to a couple things like that when I was a kid. We went to that. We went to a. Uh, I think I went to like Double Dare Live. Oh no shit! Yeah, I went to one of those, and that was one where they do pick people from the audience. But we were yeah. our seats were so awful. We were so far away. That's a, that's a very different experience than you yeah. think it's going to be. But, uh, yeah, that was all when I was really little and everything. But, yeah, with, with, with the G.I. Joe, obviously, I'm a big fan. And I, yes. Um, you know, again, I can't get too deep into it. I mean, if anybody no. wants, like, Robert has done a lot of interviews, and he's really talked about a lot of stuff already. Yeah. Um, it was really fun to revisit everything. Like, I went, and I just sort of, like, I rewatched uh, a lot of stuff a couple different times, and you know I've always been a big fan of uh, Larry Hammond's work in the comic. But actually, that guy announced today too; they're bringing back Real American Hero. Yeah. Uh, Larry's going to Larry's going to continue his story. Awesome. Um, it was really interesting. It, it's always funny when you're diving into something and you like like into these these franchises, right? And you have like a responsibility to, to responsibility for the franchise. Yeah, and I have a lot of experiences with that, you know. Uh, but I, it was interesting, like rewatching all of gi joe so for a while there every night all i was doing was watching gi joe and yeah. so what i did there i was like revisiting everything you know and just revisiting the, the whole world and, mm-hmm. and reading a lot of uh you know reading rereading a lot of larry hama stuff yeah. but it was interesting the first time i did it like i watched gi joe again as like a fan just like i'm absorbing i'm just gonna chill i'm just gonna absorb it you know oh, like, i already had a lot of thoughts in my head i already had like a whole you know i already had like a whole gi joe notebook and then um, that I've been filling it, and then I rewatched it again. But that time I was like taking notes, basically. You know, uh-huh. it's like it's such a different dynamic between the two. But it's it's been it's been really uh, really exciting. It's been really fun, and you know, I've been getting asked two questions a lot uh, ever since this got announced. Okay, and I was already getting these questions a lot. I got them in Dallas when I was at Dallas Comic Con last weekend, or Fan Expo, excuse me, and like yeah. all this stuff. I get asked two questions. People are like, "I thought you were exclusive to DC Comics." I had a friend this morning text me, and he was like, "I've had multiple writers reach out and be like, you son of a bitch.' Like, that's my dream job. <laughs> Get that? You know? Yeah, like, yeah. I can't believe you did this." And 
And, uh, you know, I talked to some of them and then one this morning was like, what the hell, man? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and he was like, I thought, I thought you were exclusive. And I'm like, I am exclusive. So I'm still exclusive at DC Comics, but I got special permission to do this. Uh, nice. It was in my last deal where I basically was like, for dark ride you know, stuff. When we were, we were negotiating everything, going back and forth about what I was going to do and my next, you know, my, my next plans for DC Comics. And then I was like, and I have one other thing. <laughs> <laughs> I have this one request. And, uh, and they, they said, yes, you know, they, they agreed. And I was like, cool, great. So I get to have fun with this other franchise really at the same time. Uh, and at least my, my second question I get asked a lot is, uh, do I sleep? <laughs> right. Because <laughs> yeah, I was thinking we... about it. Yeah, I do a lot of no. stuff. Cause it's like Superman, Green Arrow, obviously Night Terrors, but Night Terrors is, is done on my end at least. Okay. Um, you know, Batman and Robin, which starts in September. Then I have Dark Ride. Then obviously yeah. I did the Substack. I did stuff with you. Um, I have another book. I have like other projects at DC. I have other creator own stuff that haven't been announced yet. Yes. Um, and then, and then I'm also doing G.I. Joe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, yeah, just piling on. I, I yeah. kind of imagine that conversation where it's like, yeah, uh, so I want to uh, you know, work out this, this, this exclusivity contract and then I'm going to do this. And they're like, yeah, about that. Can you still do it? Like, can't like don't or will you be overburdened? You know, I can imagine. Well, here's the thing: Green Arrow, Green Arrow, and Night Terror were the two biggest challenges in that. We've discussed this before. It's like there's yes. no way I couldn't do Green Arrow. Like exactly, the, the GI Joe stuff was a bit developed for such a long time. That um, was, yeah, a done deal. Yeah, that was locked in a long time ago. But uh, you know, Green Arrow was the one that was difficult because it was like I didn't. That was the moment where I was like, oh no, I might be screwed. But then I was like, how can I say no? Yes, yeah. you know, it's like. And I think in Night Terrors is similar. Like Night Terrors was like, I need to take the weight of, I need to take the weight of this on my shoulders and do this, this, this event, this story in the summer. Um, and so those two definitely made things difficult in terms of my schedule. But uh, I am a workaholic. I can admit that. Uh, <laughs> but it's like we talked about last time, where it's like, dude, I feel so lucky to be able to do the stuff I'm doing that it's like, yeah. I, I waste no time. Right. Essentially. You know, it's like, yeah. that's what we joke around about how it's like, I don't really watch television. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's actually a big piece of this. You cut TV out of the equation. You got like, you'll be surprised. Yeah. Like I watch a few things here and there, you know, and I watch movies and stuff, but I, I, I maybe watch like two or three TV shows. Like I'm always behind on everything. Oh, sure. Um, and, uh, like the idea of binging something is so crazy to me at this point. Cause I'm like, you may have spent hours doing that. Like, I don't have that no, I, I can write comics in that time. And so I spent a lot of time on that. Like I spent yeah. a lot of time focusing in on, you know, just writing comics. And it's like, I do have a process. I have a way of doing things, you know? And, yeah. And uh, we could talk about that. And it's like, I would love I, to. Yeah. I, we, yeah. You yeah, talked we, a little we bit earlier, about, like, or you and I talked like off, off mic where we were like, um, you know, working out when we were going to shoot the show. And you're like, yeah. Oh, like it can't be this time. Um, this is my writing time. Again, it's like, and yeah. then you declared like which thing you were writing. And I'm like, oh, you have like blocks of that's when I'm only working on this versus like, yeah, because I, I, I can imagine having even two projects at once, much less 13 uh, <laughs> or yeah, more. I break things up by, uh, by week and then by day. And so I keep like a, a pretty tight schedule of like, this is what I'm working on this day. And you know, some things, things get in the way of it and life gets yeah. in the way, you know, that can be difficult. Oh, sure. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I, I mostly do, so like what you were talking about this morning, I was working on dark ride this morning. Exactly. So it's like, you know, so the way, the way I break it up each day, 
is every day, uh, I essentially write in the morning, right? So it's like from 7 a.m. to about noon, you know, about 11, depending on the day, you know what's going on. Mm -hmm. I just, I just write. I mean, realistically, if I can pull off like, you know, a good five or six hours of just writing in the morning, usually five hours is about what I can do. Yeah. Um, and the goal in that, now here's the thing. This is, this is me sitting at the computer scripting. This is me right. like actually, or me, like it's, it's a bit more in, in it, you know? Uh, and then around essentially lunchtime on for the rest of the day, it's a mix of two things. It's the business of comics. So that's phone calls, that's interviews, that's emails, which emails yeah. are my greatest enemy. Um, you know, that's the thing that slows me down the most. Uh, and then it is uh, getting ready for the next day. So oh, yeah. it's like, you know, me sitting here laying this out. I was talking to an artist about this one time and he was saying that he was like, he started on Sunday nights saying this is, like at night, just taking a minute and saying, this is what this week is about. And then at the end of each day saying, this is what tomorrow is about and just setting it up. So he yeah. was like, just putting the board up on the, you know, on the table, like getting right. it together of like, this is what tomorrow is about. And then you dive in first thing in the morning. And that's okay. how I, so it's like, you know, so I'll use a lot of whiteboards. I, I wish yes. I could show you one right now, but I think, I don't think I can. Cause I think they're all being used. Yeah. I'm uh, sure there's something on there. That's like, no, he can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, but so I use these whiteboards and basically on the whiteboards, I basically outline out what the, what the issue is, you know? Right. Um, and really what I need to do is, is realistically I need to write about eight pages a day in the morning. Okay. Um, now that's doable if the day before I map it out, like I know what the eight pages are. Yes. You know? So it's like the other day I was driving and I was thinking about dark ride and I'm like, okay, what are those, what is this issue? What are those eight pages? What is this? What is that? Like, like, so yeah, yesterday I'm like, okay, what is tomorrow's pages? So it's like yeah. breaking it all down. And then uh, it was funny because yesterday I had to go drive to a doctor's appointment. So I was like, it was, I was thinking about it and I'm like, I'm going to forget everything that I'm thinking about right now. So <laughs> I actually hit record in my car and just talked it out. So I'm nice. like, okay, this page is this, this page is this, this is what happens on this page. Uh, it helped me remember it. And then I can sit there and I get back and I, on that whiteboard, I basically write it out. Because like once everything is on the whiteboard, everything gets a million times easier. Like oh, once I do that, and that's the thing is I spend the most, it's weird. It's like, you know, I think Robert Kirkman said this, uh, maybe I've said it before, but it's like, uh, it takes me either three days or three weeks to write a script. Hmm. Um, because of my schedule, I have to write one a week, like no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> if, I just, if, I, if I don't, I'm screwed. Yeah. Um, you know, and sometimes I double up, but it depends on the project. And actually in a perfect world, what I wish I could do is, um, let's say I was going to do like a four issue arc right. is to write that entire four issue arc back to back. Mm. Like just write off. Cause I'm in that two, one, two, three, four, <laughs> Like here are the outlines. Here's yeah. What I'm gonna do. Yeah. Like green arrow two and three, I wrote in the same week. Oh, nice. Because yeah, you know, and I think Superman four or five, I wrote in the same week. Because uh, it actually helped me with breathing too, with the the scope of it and the size oh, sure. and the pacing of it to do it that way. But yeah. that way, I'm staying in the same world. And this is actually the thing what you were saying about switching around a lot. I'm like, yeah. that's the hardest part, dude. Is like, it's the switching mindset. It's getting into the mindset. You yeah. Know? Like, I have a couple of friends. I, so I yesterday a couple of days ago Tuesday I had to do a pitch on a project, 
And I was sitting there and I was reviewing the material before the pitch, reviewing all the stuff I had to do before I explained it to somebody else and going over everything. And a friend of mine called me and he was like, Hey, can we talk about the story that I'm going to do next year? Mm. And I was like, no, because <laughs> <laughs> I'm in this other place. I can't, yeah, I'm I, in can't cross space. The yep, I can't cross the streams. I'm in this space. Uh-huh. And I got to be in that space for when I have this presentation. If, yeah. if I start talking to you about your thing, my head will now be thinking about your thing before the meeting. So that is the hardest part of this job for me is the switching gears and then getting the engine going once it's going. Like once it's going, it's good. But it's like, you know, I mean, you know this. There's times you'll text me. I won't text you till like a day later because I'm just yeah. like, because I ignore everything in that moment. Right. Once, exactly. once that ball is going, I'm just like, nope, this is oh, it. Oh, I know. Yeah, no, and it's it's, and it's a very different process from some other creators I know. Like, but that's, oh, that's how I am. Once I'm in, it's like, that's it's it. amazing. I can't. Um, when I have been in a position where, sorry, there's a bee in here. Um, when uh, I think I think it's a bee. It's pretty big. Uh, but anyway, uh, when I've been, yeah, you better not. <laughs> but when I've been in the position of of writing at all. Mm-hmm. Um, or working like when I'm editing or, or you know, yeah, let's, let's use that example. Cause that's what I normally do for the most part to make money. Uh, but when I'm editing and I'm editing a show, that's like two, like one to two hours long. Um, I need to get that out week to week, every week. And yeah, when I sit down yeah. to do it, you know, I don't have like a, <clears throat> like a schedule or regimen. I just kind of like go, okay, well I need to get it done by before Wednesday. I shot it on Wednesday. I should probably get it done within Thursday, Friday. And then I sit down and I and I work. But there are so many times, and not every time, but like there are so many instances where you sit down and you go, all right, here we go. And you like you look at the thing that you're trying to work on and you go, the last thing that I want to do right now is this. And I don't even like and I and I'll and I'll for you know, you, you read like a on writing by Stephen King where he's like, you know, sit down, write, even if it's shit, write it anyway. And it's like, that's true. But then you're like, but I, but I'm doing this for a paycheck, and I need to make yeah. sure it's at least halfway decent. You know, I can't just power through yeah. this, and I'll, I will just walk away for like a while. You know, not like a not the whole day, but like for a good thirty minutes. Dude, just, that's what I was gonna say. Take a walk. Is that what it is? Yeah. Just like yeah, take a know, walk because recalibrate. Uh, I get what you're saying totally because it's like if I if I made the decision, okay, every day I'm gonna you know I'm gonna write for let's say twelve hours every day. I'm gonna right. power through. I'm gonna write twelve hours a day. I'm going to sit here at my computer and I'm going to start typing and I'm mm-hmm. going to type it, you know, whatever. Uh, I like how I type like I'm a cat for some reason. <laughs> um, but yeah. uh, I would never get anything done. I was right. Like I know myself, I am not, not to say I'm afraid of a blank page, but I don't start with a blank page. Yes. I start all of this up in here. Like it's so much of it's up in here, not in the computer, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. I don't get the answers from the computer. So I don't stare at the computer. No, uh, I go take a walk. You know, I go for a drive, I go do something, you know, yep. I get I get away from this little space I'm in where I'm, I'm writing. And sometimes, because I have like, a, you know, on the other side of this, I have a lounge area. And there's couches and chairs and stuff. And it's like, yeah. I'll just go sit over there for a little bit, sit down my notebook, just think, stare at some shit, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah have, no. And, and that's why the whiteboards actually really help because it's like sometimes having the whiteboard where it's like I can kind of see the whole issue. Because I literally like, let me see if I do have one that's not covered this stuff. <laughs> Um, that's too covered. No, I'll have to, I'll have to show you sometime like how I do yeah. the whiteboard. And but I literally just write out like one through twenty-two or one mm-hmm. through thirty, whatever it is, you know. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Underneath that, I write out what happens, a little dialogue, whatever comes to my head. 
but that way I can almost see the issue a little bit more. I can see the yeah. pacing of it. You know, I can see how it opens, see how it ends. Um, but yeah, it's the, the typing is like the last stage of the process for me. Is it? Is and it kind of like when you got the outline down? It's like, well, I mean, the issue is almost done. You know, like I already know what heck is going to happen. Now I just have to oh, finalize dude. it. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, the actual idea of typing it doesn't take that long at all. Like typing up the script is like maybe two days, maybe three, two mm. two days. Like just sitting there typing. But once I know it, it's like then it's all up here, and I have it on the whiteboard, and it's like consolidating the ideas, and then I can really sit down and just like you know hammer hammer it out. And yeah. then then it is what you were talking before. Then it's a lot of editing. And not everything that's on that whiteboard makes it to the script because since I'm working on the script on my hand in my mind, um, yeah. you know, the last stage of the process, well, I would say second to last, second to last stage of the writing process is, is going for a walk. Mm-hmm. And I think I basically rethink the issue. So I'm like, okay, here's it going. And then, you know, we've talked before, I like talk out some of the dialogue. Oh, sure. Sometimes in that process, I will change something. And then I come mm-hmm. home, you know, finish up the dialogue, make those edits. Um, but even then, dialogue is never dialogue is not done until it goes to print. Because in my scripts, I have this, I have a whole section at the very beginning of all my scripts. I have like a, a preamble where I talk about the issues about what's going on, any notes the I think the artist needs to know, anything that's you know uh, relevant to the issue, how I'd be different, yeah. um, anything thematic about the issue that I think they might need to know about. Uh, I talk about different kinds of music that I felt inspired by working on it. Oh, cool. um, but I have a whole section on dialogue. And basically it is like, none of this dialogue is, is finished. Right. It is temporary until the art comes in. However, it will give you an idea of pacing and the room needed for dialogue. Like gotcha. certain panels will have a lot of word balloons in it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you gotta leave that space. Yeah. Some of them, some of them will have one line of dialogue. Which is still leave an open room to it. Cause I, I think when you have one line of dialogue with a lot of open room around it, it really makes that dialogue hit hard. Like it's Absolutely. a moment where you're like, you know, it's like in, you know, obviously you look at like, you know, it's like in Walking Dead where Rick was like, we are the Walking Dead. It was like a two page spread, you know? Yes. Yeah. Like, it's like, you got to be like, hey, listen, this is this is important. Um, and then I have a little note at the bottom. This is do not let her from this draft. Just because <laughs> I had moments where like, I would have finished draft, page would, and you're like. Well, what happened, no, what happened was that like every once in a while. Uh, so when the art comes in, I then. Uh, when the art comes in, but as it's coming in, I double check it with the dialogue. Just to make sure everything's okay. You know, I'm not catching anything weird. Totally. Uh, but as I'm doing that, I make changes as the art's coming in. And so that way, when we get to the ending at the end of the month or however long it takes, I get all 22 pages, however long the comic is. I go through it one more time, like double check art plus dialogue, turn that in. That gets lettered. I get a PDF of the lettering. Then on my iPad, my little iPad pencil, I go back through the dialogue. And then I'm like, that line sucks. This mm-hmm. cut this, cut this. We don't need this. Emphasize this. Oh, make that bigger. Make that small. The whole thing, turn it in. We go through that process again. Because then we get proofreading. Editorial looks at it. You know, the, the artist looks at it. Like all these little pieces. Um, the biggest thing I always push back on is over explaining things. Um, yeah. You know, when I was years ago, there, there were certain editors that their answer to everything was like, you have to, you have to explain this. And I'm like, no, I don't. This no. isn't a movie. We don't need no. to no. treat the audience no. like a moron. They'll just read it again. If they're not, if they don't get it They'll read like, it again or, or it's okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? It's, it's okay. Like you don't have to hold their hand, you know, let's yeah. the audience with some respect and let them kind of lead away. It's funny. If you look at some of the flash issues I would do, there was like a shit ton of exposition. 
that's not on purpose, but you know what I mean? It's like, there's, you know, there, there's uh-huh. moments where that would happen and, and I'd have to push back on it. So now totally. I try to avoid having like info dump pages as much as I can. Or if you do it as a very specific reason, it's funny in dark crisis, there was a page I, I'll, I'll show it to you. Oh, sweet. There's a page in here. This is a good example of a time where we, the editors and I were like, yes, let's not do that. You know, it was, um, mm-hmm. girl, sure. I have the dark crisis hardcover right here. Uh, is that out yet? Out out this month. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's out in a few weeks. It's out in a few weeks. I think I, like, I don't have it. Let me, yeah. So this right here, this is actually like somewhat info dumpy right here. Like mm-hmm. he has a bunch of influence. There was a version of this page where it was like five times this dude. It was oh, like no. all over the place. It was basically I've seen like that page, not this page, but I've seen that page. No, dude, it was, so it was many like times. the history of everything. It was like it literally was like this. Yeah. And at one point, um, I actually, it was funny. It was like, dude, it was so much. Yeah. It was like this. And then I was like, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, I cut it down to literally just this one. At one point oh. where he was like, there is so much to tell you, but time is not on our side. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to leave it. And then the editor was like, no, 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 we got to add a bit. And I was like, okay, cool. That's a good compromise. Like they, they were, they were correct in what I needed to add to just get yes. the, the gist of it, you know? Exactly. Um, but that's an example of like, you know, I, I remember years ago, um, there was like a famous DC writer and they gave me one of his scripts and they were like, this is an example of a time they edited themselves down. Yes. And I was looking at the first page and there were 35 captions on the first page. Oh. And I was like, and it was a splash. So I was like, where's the art going to go, man? I mean, it's just, and then I went, I went and found the comic and I got to the first page and it was like two captions. And I was like, <laughs> I've been there. I feel that. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. they, they cut it all down. Um, but yeah, man, like every week, dude, every week a script, every week a script. Like, I mean, that's, that's basically my attitude about it. You have to hit it, especially at the uh, workload I have, I have to hit one a week, no matter what. And then things are staggered. Oh yeah. Like I said, there are times where it's like, I will write two scripts in the same week, but they're not two different books. Like, mm-hmm. again, that is the hardest part is I have to live in that world and I have to be in that story. Um, one of my greatest, I might've told this before, uh, but one of my greatest like working experiences ever was on an issue of Ghosted. I was working on an issue of Ghosted. It was due on Friday morning. And, okay. you know, I was like, it was Thursday night and then Thursday. And I was really happy with the issue. I was like, this is a good one. I'm really happy yeah. with this. Um, I think it was issue eight and I finished it at like six 30 at night. And I was just like, I'm going to make that deadline. I did <laughs> it. Yes. And then um, this is when I was living in uh, Northeast Portland. And so I, I left my apartment and I was like, I'm going to go now to Jack in a box and get dinner. <laughs> I earned this. I yeah. earned this. So I'm like walking up the street to go to Jack in a box. And I was like thinking about, I just finished the issue, you know, it's all wrapped up page 22. Good to go. And I'm walking up the street and all of a sudden I'm like, and you know what? I know how the next issue would open. Like I know how it would open. Like I already know how it opened. I could hear the voices in my head. That's always the thing. I have to hear the characters talking. I can hear the sequences. I can hear the, the conversation. And I was walking and I was like, oh, that's page one. Oh, that's page two. That's <laughs> page three. You know what I mean? Like it was coming yeah. together. Yeah. And I was like, I could do this tonight. Yeah. <laughs> like I feel it. I was like, I'm going to see how far I get. Like why stop? I'm, I'm in it. I'm in it. Let's right. go. So the Jackbox came back, sat on my desk, you know, ate, had some, you know, curly fries while I'm sitting there typing. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, by three in the morning, I had finished the issue. Nice. I just I just did it. And the next morning, you know, eight three in the morning, I emailed the editor and I said, "Here, here's issue eight and nine at the same time, sucker." Did it? Surprise! <laughs> uh, I will tell you this is dangerous though because I have been trying to chase that my entire oh, yeah. life since. <laughs> like that is my dragon, man. It's yeah. like just feeling it so like. Oh, I knew this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out. I mean, sometimes it's like that. Like Green Arrow number one only took me like three days to write because nice. I've been writing it. I've been wanting to write it for so long that it was like. But here's the thing: I, I think this is important. Mm-hmm. When I say write, I mean type. Like, right. yeah. it's the getting it in your head. You know, uh, Tom King and I talk about this about how much time he actually because he's a one he's a script a week person too, mm-hmm. and how much time he actually spends typing. Versus how much of his time is spent taking Roxy for a walk, mm-hmm. going outside, like doing something like, you know, it's all in his head and then he formulates it and then he starts writing. I mean, I, I know he writes every day, but it's like, it's really about the work you do away from the computer. So it's yeah. like, you know, the actual art of typing, you know, it takes me like two or three days, but dude, I'll spend, man, I'll spend a lot of time. Like there are times where I'm like, okay, Monday morning, I know what I'm doing this week. I have to work on. Okay. And obviously there's interruptions, things happen, of course. you know, just, just life, but also just the idea of like the unpredictab- unpredictability of comics at times. Yes. Um, you know, you get calls, you get notes, you get stuff. Um, but yeah, I'll end up being like, okay, this script is due on Friday. <laughs> and then it'll be like Thursday afternoon and I'm still working on that whiteboard. I'm still figuring <laughs> it out. And I'll be like, oh dude, I am so screwed. Yeah. And then I'll, it'll click it'll click and i'm like yep. i know what this is because I, I part of the thing is too and this goes to something you were saying about like you want it to be good right um like if i had to write a comic in one day i talked to other other writers yeah uh i could do it would it be good no and right and not only would it not be good but it's like what is the thing of that issue and it's like Trying to figure out, like, so I talk about muscle memory a lot, right? Like mm-hmm. the idea of like the muscle memory of comics, especially there are some formulas that some people follow. You know, there was the whole Jim Shooter like six 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 thing or seven. Yeah, I think it's like seven 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 or whatever. Like, you know, six pages of action, six pages of character work, six pages of action that take you into the cliffhanger. Like, yeah. I understand that sequence, and right. I think it's good to know that sequence. But then it's like, okay, how do I crack this? How do I make this different? How do I make this cool? Like, yeah, it's you know, when you're reading it, what is the comic book thing? about this moment you know like what's the thing that i've you know how do you you tell the story differently like and i I think this is one of the things about comics and really entertainment in general Mm -hmm. you know it's not just about the story you tell it's about how you tell it Mm. you know i'll I'll give you this example is you look at somebody like shane black and you look at something like kiss kiss bang bang right like kiss kiss bang bang could have just been a straight up like noir story but the fourth wall breaking and all that like that's how he decided to tell that story yeah. Um, you know, and he carried that over to when you look at like Iron Man three, where it was like Tony talking to us. Yeah. It's very similar like ideas, but I mean, you know, same director and writer, but those ideas of that. And I think about this a lot with comic books. This is something that Tom really excels at really well. Is Tom puts a lot of thought into like how he's going to present the story on top of what the story is. So it's something I think about a lot. And sometimes you do get in a muscle memory of like, okay, this character is going to do X, Y, Z and we have to have a cliffhanger. Like you can get into that. Yeah. But I think a lot of times what you have to do is you have to like get that down on the board and then you have to, you, you do have to step back and then be yes. like, okay, now how am I going to tell the story of this person? You know? Okay. Okay. 
Uh, one of the flaws I find sometimes in comics, without naming anybody, uh, <laughs> it feels like they have a story and they just want to shove it in 22 pages without really thinking about how it's a comic book. You, know, you can feel like, that every time. Like every time you get a story mm-hmm. like with that, or, or you're like, I have 22 pages of story. How about I fit it over three issues? And you're like, oh, man. Whew. No, and, and I think one of the really telling things for me when I'm reading a comic is if every page, there's two versions of this, if every page is five panels. Like if mm. every page is five panels across the whole issue, and then it's like yeah. a splash page at the ending, if you're lucky, that's always really telling to me about what is going on. You know, it's yeah. like, where are your page turns? You know, how are you leading into things? You know, what are you, you know, what are the cool moments? Yeah. Uh, how are you leading in? How are you exiting the story? You know, how are you cutting around to different things? Um, but yeah, I feel like one of the things I look for a lot is like, do the pages have different weight to them? And what I mean by that is that like, again, it's like if every page is just five panels across, that gets boring, right? It just your your eyes are gonna glaze over. You just you just turn the page. Looking, you're looking for the net for the for the hook. Basically, you just be yeah, breeze through it. Yeah, where's yeah. that cool visual moment that like wows me? But I, you have to make sure that the book every page has a different weight to it. And I, and I think like you look at someone like Capullo or John Romita Jr. We were talking about this earlier. Like they treat every page differently and you can tell it's like they don't just look at it as like here's a sequence of panel that just happen to be on the same page they try to create a page of it you know yeah. and it's about that experience and so that's what i think about a lot like and that's actually the key thing for me when it comes to writing to me i'm not writing scripts i'm writing comics yeah and i think sometimes people think that that is the state they, they i've seen this i've seen writers who oh, write yeah. amazing amazing scripts mm-hmm. and then it's like oh this is a screenplay that you broke up in a pages oh you there's know? so many like, of those yeah, it's like where's your comic book at? Right, like you know, where's the fun? Like the th- you assume oh, like, you're not doing this for the cash, you know. So why? Well, where, sometimes. Where, well, yeah, but like you're doing because you're already in it. Like you're not like I'm, I'm gonna break right. into yeah, comic books. Right, yeah. get paid. Like no, it's like so you're doing oh, it yeah, because no. you love the medium or you're trying yeah. to say something or or show something and and you have every every comic book creator. Who mm-hmm. and I, this is a this is a general statement. I'm happy to be re- re- refuted, <laughs> but uh, but I think every comic book creator that like is worth their salt. Let's put it that way. Let's put that that, that caveat on there. Okay, sure. Has like they like favorite moments from comics that they are co- almost mm-hmm. chasing, where they're like, ah, oh, if only I could do something as cool or as awesome or as powerful or as gripping as that moment that got me to be here yeah, now sure. writing that story. Yeah. You know, and it's like. If if you're just trying to tell the next story or just like, well, the next one, I'll get it, you know, and it's like, it sounds to me like your process is atypical in the industry where it's like, it's, it's very much like a, I gotta be, I gotta, it comes from a place of, I gotta get this right. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, it's lots to unpack with all of that. <laughs> <laughs> it can be, it, it's really challenging. Um, you know, writing comics can be really yeah, it could be really challenging, really difficult. And I think that's part of it too, is like you want to, like, like Grant gave me this advice one time, uh, Grant Morris gave me this advice one time where- Oh, just just Grant, yeah, classic Grant. Yeah, just Grant. Uh, about how I needed to find myself in, this, in the stories, you know? Yes. And, and I think that's a big piece of this. It's like, how are you going to do this? Not how somebody else mm-hmm. would do this, how would you do this? And really yeah. constantly remembering, how would I do this? That's like, I think that's what Superman, working on Superman Jamal, that is probably one of the more, 
I would say the last couple of years, like I, I think definitely Superman and Green Arrow and, and now Batman and Robin are a bit more of me than other previous works at DC. Hmm. You know, that's also one of the things about when you're working on franchise books, it's like you're a babysitter of that franchise. Like, you know, yeah. it's not your baby, you know, right. you're responsible for that baby. You want to take care of that baby, but that's not your baby. And exactly. having to remember that sometimes, but I, I think one of my advice to people working in comics is like, stop waiting for permission. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think that's it where it's like every once in a while, it's like you were saying, like they save stuff, you know, or they're waiting for things. Yeah. And it's like, and I get that, especially when you're in the grind, it can get challenging. Yeah. But realistically, it's like, I, I have two sides of this. I have two yeah. thoughts on this, right? Okay. Sometimes I'm like, every issue matters, right? Like every yes. issue matters. You want to go for it every single time. But I remember one time I, I felt like I was in a, uh, back, back a few years ago, uh, I felt like I had messed up on something. I had messed up mm. on a comic. I'm not going to say what it was, but I felt like I had really messed up on a comic book. Uh, I'll tell you about it sometime. Over okay. Place. But I felt like <laughs> I had really messed up on a comic. And uh, I went and I met with Danny Dio to talk about it in person. Mm. And we, we had drinks over it. We sat there. And um, I was really nervous. But I, I remember saying to him, like, you know what? Like, I screwed up. It's all on me. It's nobody else's fault. I screwed up. Like, and I actually said, I use the word, I fucked up to be totally clear. I was like, (laughs) I I messed up. Right. And I explained why. And I said, this is the, this is the mistakes I made that that led to this bigger mistake. And so I, I, you know, I know better now. It was an important lesson for me in that moment. Hmm. And then Dan was like, you know, that's the beautiful thing about comics. They're monthly. So you get to try again (laughs) next month. There's another time. Yeah. You get another shot. Yeah. You try again next month. And I was like, dude, he's right. And, but I, I try to take advantage of that, you know? You just, yeah. It's just like every week, every month, just do your best, tell the best story you can, and make sure, like, keep those things in mind of just, like, you know, uh, where are you in at it? Like, where are you in it, you know? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, what is the thing of that of that issue? I think it's a lot. Like, I have a little checklist of things that every once in a while, which with issue ones, I'll pull up. And just, but basically, it's just, like, a list of things, you know? And it's, like, it's, like, a checklist for me. And I don't look mm. at this all the time. But there are times where every once in a while it's like, okay, let's 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 have like a reality check. Let's just kind of have a gut check on things, you know? Yeah. And I think so much of it is like, you know, are you telling somebody a story? And are you clear in telling that story? Yes. I, I think that's where some people get lost sometimes, where it's like Absolutely. our job is to tell stories, to entertain people. And right. I think, you know, sometimes it's like there are other pieces of that and you want something to say, of course, you know, and you want to have themes, you want to have fun. And, but at the end of the day, like it's like this. It, it, it's funny, you know. Um, I, I equate writing comics a lot of times telling jokes and yes. like doing stand up and things like that. Like, I'm not a stand up person. I, I watch stand up. You will never catch me on a stage ever uh, <laughs> doing stand up. But I, I think when I go and watch stand up, you see somebody gets on stage and they understand there's like, if there's a rhythm to it. And it's like, there's a setup, you know, and then mm-hmm. there's a the punchline, right? Exactly. Very simple. Just jokes in general, right? Mm hmm. But when you tell that joke, it has to be clear. Like yes. the audience has to be able to follow you to get to where they got to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you ever watch like an improv night or, you know, a, a new, a new person night, whatever, and they go up there and they just stumble through or they make it overly complicated. Yes. And then by the time he's the punchline, you're like, wait, what was the thing at the beginning? Did I miss something at the beginning? Cause I don't have a punchline. And I, I see this sometimes in comics. And so that's something that I think about a lot. And I, I, I you know, I find that there's different writers have different ways of going about things, you know, like 
when I when I read James's work, uh, James King's mm-hmm. work, and I've talked to James, like he's a very confident writer, and I can feel it in the writing. Mm-hmm. Right? He's yeah. very confident in getting this information across. Um, that's something I look for a lot too. Is can I tell you are confident? Um, but one of the number one things I look at, whether it's scripts or comics, whatever, when I talk to other writers, and I, I, I know I read a lot of comics as we, we've talked before. Like I read a lot. Um, it's clarity sometimes. Yeah. It's just oh, like, are you telling is, me a story? Yeah, it is it's so. It. it is so essential, and I think that you know that is one of the blessings of modern comic writing today versus mm-hmm. like older years, where you know obviously you know, y- y- we all kind of think about like, what are you talking about? Classic comics are the most clear. And it's like, yeah, you're thinking of the best examples of that, you know, like you're standing. Yeah. Steve's, oh, dude, you're that's standing whole... John's. Like, it's like, we get it, you know, yeah. but, but like, but there's this like big interim where things get really complicated or things get overexplained or things get too intricate. Yeah. Nowadays, it's like, yo, if you're going to, if you're going to publish a book, that's going to be like a trade or hardcover or, or series, yeah. like it better be beginning, middle and end explained and followable like you better be able yeah. to yeah and not hold somebody jump hand. in like i think that's important no. you don't want to hold their hand but it's like you, it, did i understand yeah, <laughs> like, did i get it, it do i know what's happening clear, what is it about you know? yeah yeah what's it about like what is this who is this for like all yeah. those things like when i when i'm watching or reading or anything like that that's what i look for one of the things i've been, I've been thinking about a lot lately about writing and entertainment and comics because i think you know one of the big questions I ask other creators when I start getting the degree with them is like, what matters, right? Yeah. So what, what matters? And what I mean by that is, this has always fascinated me, is do sales matter? Do reviews matter? Does internet love matter? Do you matter? Like, what is the number one thing for you, yeah. right? And like, and for me, a lot of times, the thing that I sort of come down on for me is like, would I enjoy this? That's it. Right. Because if I don't enjoy it, then who if am I, I read this, and I didn't enjoy it. Oh man, there's a problem. Right. I'm betraying myself. Right. So I, I always ground myself in that first before anything else. Because also you can't really conceive. It's weird, right? Like you have to know who your audience is, but you have to also not. Like there's always a pander. trick. You, try you can't to, pander to it. Yeah. But if you try to chase uh, an audience a certain way, they will move on by the time you get to them. Right. right. Like you're always chasing them. You have to sort of say like, I know what the audience I want to have and what I'm presenting to. And then that's mm-hmm. it. Because, yeah, if you try to chase it, you know, I, I always think about this of, like, you know, one of the things I'll see every once in a while and I'll hear is, like, do what the fans want. Oh, yeah. And the question I always ask, if I'm ever in a room of DC fans, I always ask this one question. I'm like, okay, well, it's two technically, but uh, how many people in this room are fans of Dick and Barb being together? Right. And the other question is, how many people in this room want Dick and Starfire to be together? Yeah. And you, you will be surprised how many different answers you get. And then the question is, you're all fans. You're all passionate. Who do I listen to? And right. this is always the thing with a lot of these things is that. But that actually goes to the thing I've been thinking about a lot lately about what matters. And, you know, it's interesting how, you know, there are some of the, the attitudes sometimes is like the bigger the commercial project is, the worse it is. You know, it's bad. Yeah. Um, oh, if it sells, I mean, just but you and I had this conversation before, where it's like that dynamic of yeah, yeah, you know, the good sales, all that stuff, how crazy it is. Mm-hmm. But the thing I've been saying a lot lately is like, does it connect to a wider audience? Right. Do you connect to an audience? That's it. Yeah. Like, that's really it. Because all it doesn't matter. Because that, that could be, you know, it could be money, reviews, whatever. It's like all those things kind of go hand in hand. 
in different right. ways. They all if it connects, it'll ways. sell. Like, in a, you know, yeah, but that's it. Yeah, does it connect with an audience? That's it. Like, yeah. And where is that audience at? So, yeah, that becomes that kind of conversation. Like, are you connecting with an audience? Because sometimes people will think they are, and then when you really take a look at it, you're like, it's not. The numbers don't isn't. don't add up, and it's yeah. interesting. You know, the, the ongoing conversation that I've been hearing and I've been participating in mm-hmm. over the last two mm-hmm. years, at least has been about marketing. It's about how like well, marketing's failing. Yeah, in this book. And it's like, well, yeah. And like marketing is definitely one element of all of business. Um, but I think that there is an expectation, certainly among creators. And I think uh, the right to, to, to believe this, that, you know, to put it simply in platitudes, mm-hmm. cream rise to the top. If a book yeah. is good, the audience will find it. You can't think that way anymore. Okay, but isn't that in contrast? Yeah, but doesn't that contrast with, you know, I I know that the audience that I'm cater if the book is good enough, it will cater to the audience that it's that it's it, it's uh, difficult. I think because there's too much noise now. Uh, uh-huh. I I subscribe a little bit more to like you you make the best product you can, and then you have to get it in front of people. So like, yeah, it's up to you. You're you're yeah, you're, you have to. I mean that that it's it's hard. Don't get me wrong, it does happen, but it's weird, you know, like if you ever talk to people who are not as zeroed in, right? right? Like, you know, I, I think there's a lot of like, you know, for comics, I'm very keyed into things, yeah. very keyed into stuff. Right. But every once in a while, I'm not, I'm not about something. You right, know, so you I, got blind really, spots. Not blind spots, but just like, I don't know. I, I, I had to slow down and recognize that not everyone pays attention as much as I do. Well, that's, that is such a, that is such a slap in the face. Like it's such a wake up call to realize Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, like so many readers, I think they're actually in comics. There are more people who are meta reading than ever before, which is what I call people who are reading the books going, well, I know the, the, I know the identity politics of this writer. And I know like what, what, like what the editors meant. They know the mentality was. Yeah, they know, but they also talk about it. They're also like, they read it. Yeah, exactly. They're in the conversation, you know, right. But this is the thing that was sort of eye-opening to me, and I think we might have talked about this last time a little bit, but, like, you and I both really loved uh, Jason Aaron's Punisher. Yes. So I love that book, and it was the first thing I would read every Wednesday it came out. Same. Same. First book. Just loved it, right? Like, all 12 issues, if they make a beautiful deluxe of that, I'm buying it. get it. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so that was a book I was reading every month that I loved. I wasn't paying attention. So whenever that two things were happening, I did, I subscribed to it, but I didn't know when it was coming out. So it wasn't like I walked in the shop and was like, where's my Punisher at? It was like, I walk <laughs> in and I'd be like, Oh, Punisher came out. Great. Yep. Um, and the cover was always surprising to me because I wasn't yeah. reading the solicits. I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. And it made me for a moment there like, go, Oh, that's right. Like not everyone does what we do. They don't exactly. always pay so hardcore attention to every little facet of every little thing. And like, I'm fairly, again, I'm fairly plugged into a lot of stuff, but every once in a while there are things I'm not. And I do have to, I think it was the toys. And even when we were talking about before with G.I. Joe, like I love G.I. Joe. I buy a lot of G.I. Joe stuff. I get a lot of G.I. Joe. And I work on G.I. Joe. I don't go to the forums. I don't yes. go to the conventions. And even though I, I will probably go to a G.I. Joe convention the next year or so, I, I imagine that's on the docket. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not as zeroed in as other people in the fandom are. Exactly. And I'm not saying anything wrong with that. I love that they're like that, but it was it made me go, oh, that's right. Like 
there's certain pieces of this and the marketing of things that I am not, not everybody is constantly paying attention to everything. Right. And because there's so much, so many conflicts, it is very likely, it's like everything. It's like movies, TV shows, everything, right? There are good things that can just totally go under the radar. Absolutely. You know, and, and not hit that level of, of insanity. But you know, it's funny, you think about some TV shows and there are like cult favorite TV shows that had low enough ratings. Yep. Their, their ratings were high enough that they got to keep going. Yes. But low enough that nobody paid attention to them. Uh-huh. But then there are things that people love, like fandom and nerddom love those things. Yep. But then they are nothing compared to, say, the amount of people who watch Law & Order. Absolutely. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, no. And, like, don't get me wrong. I like me some Law & Order. I've watched a lot of Law & Order in my life. Same. That is a very different thing. Yes. It's a very different thing. And it's it's fascinating, these levels. And Have you ever had a moment where you've had to explain to somebody who doesn't read comics on a regular basis something from comics? <laughs> and you're just like, oh, my, I'm an idiot. Like, have yeah. to explain something? Like, yep. something is a really big deal in comic books. A right. really big deal in comic books. And you're like, I have to explain this to somebody. And as yeah. you're explaining it, that you can tell. Or, or there's times where I'll be talking to somebody who's like, you know, they, they think they aware know aware of things. Like, they're, yeah, they're like, yeah, I know who Grant Morrison is. Sure, yeah, you, you explain to me Final Crisis. And it's like, <laughs> oh no, they don't even know that. I'm talking about people who are like, yeah, I'm aware of Marvel movies. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I know what Doctor Strange is. Yeah, do we had a neighbor one time? Um, I don't know when this was. It was like in the holidays, I think. And and I was in the the uh, front of the house. Like all the neighbors were all talking and stuff. It was like a birthday or something. And one of the neighbors walked right up to me. They know I work in comic books. So that meant that they, like, anything comic book related, that means I have to talk to me about it, regardless <laughs> of what it is, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They're just like, oh, that guy works in comic books. We got to talk about comic book stuff. And they came right up to me, and she was like, I saw Black Panther, and I loved it. And I was like, that's that's great. I didn't work on it, but that's terrific. Great, yeah. <laughs> I'm not even in that company. Great movie. <laughs> great movie. It's one of the better ones. Michael B. Jordan, like, kills it in that movie. Yep. Like, everybody in that, like, just beautiful movie. And she, we started talking, and I was like, "Yeah, it's a good one." She's like, "I've never seen a comic book movie before," and I was like, "No, no, no, no!" Like, they have a Batman movie. She's like, "I've never seen a Batman movie." I was like, "Wait, we're gonna we're gonna rewind here. We're gonna talk yeah. about this." And I was like, "This movie, this movie, this movie." She was like, "Nothing. I've never seen any of these movies before." I was like, "You are kidding me." She's like, "She was like, you know, I might have seen like maybe a, a Batman movie on like cable one time." <laughs> maybe you know god, she's like yeah. i think george clooney was batman <laughs> oh like, my god you're like you know what? what i mean it's like that level of like disconnect. disconnect and it's just like so nothing huh nothing do you know who these characters are does any of this sound familiar to you it's just like nope no yep, no and i'm like right off me. all right cool well uh, uh you know i'm glad you like black panther yeah well there's, a, there's the a library this whole world is opening up to you now exactly you know, it's, yeah it's uh it is it, the marketing thing in comics is really difficult because it's like there is a lot of noise and how do you overcome that noise? How do you yeah. crack through that noise? There's a lot of books, you know. It's I, I would say marketing comics is really challenging and it's tricky. It's really, really, really tricky. And how do you try things? I think that's one of the things I, I do enjoy about like Skybound. You know, it's like you know when it came to the GI Joe Transformers stuff, they they went about it a different way. Right. Yeah. And I appreciate that. You know, the stuff that DC does and, and I think some of the things that, that we're we're planning, you know, it, it is it's interesting. You have to try new tricks, yeah. you know, to, to get people's attention in a way that it wasn't there before. And, exactly. 
yeah, the marketing of marketing of things is very uh, it's an interesting thing. It's an interesting thing. But speaking of Marvel movies, yes, we had a, yeah, we could talk about Spider Verse. Sure, we could yeah. totally go into Spider Verse. So I want to yeah. oh, oh, here's the thing. So you, I texted you. I think. Oh, oh no no yeah. no, this is what it was. I got the Spider Man twenty ninety nine omnibus. Yes. And I was like, this is my favorite comics of all time. And you messaged me and you were like, how did I not know this? And I'm like, yeah, how did you not know this? <laughs> like, I obsess about that book. Like, yeah, it, it I is didn't really like one of my favorite comics of all time. I think about this book probably way too much. And now I think about it every day because of the movie. But of uh, yeah, like it was one of the, um, you know, I, I think, and this is where a lot of these initiatives I think are really fascinating to me. Like even when Marvel did like M2, you know? Yeah. The MC2 I, I universe, of course, yeah. Yeah, I, I think when you're becoming, you know, you're a nerd, you're reading comic books, one of the more difficult parts is finding entry ways. But yes. not just entry ways, but like starting points, uh-huh. you know? And especially in that time period, like late 80s, early 90s, a lot going on, a lot yep. going on. And they weren't renumbering. You know, it wasn't like now where we could renumber like every year or two. Oh, oh, uh, dude, yeah, no, there's so uh, yeah, uh, like I, I, when I was a kid buying comic books, like as a not to interrupt, but like uh, no, a time period, right? Like Spider-Man 2099 is an amazing entry point because it's like whole new universe, whole new character, no, virtually no context exactly. needed, right? No, nope, no, uh, nope. you get, you get, you the, the little bit of context you need, you get in the first issue, it, it, done, right? And it's yeah. uh, actually Spider-Man 2099 kills the 2009 universe because it's so good and it's so oh, different like rick leonardi's art has never been better than in no it's the best dude run. yeah and it is like, the best but like you you're reading that and you're like this is effing incredible and then you go well i gotta read punisher 2099 and now hold on a minute if you bash punisher 2099 <laughs> i'm gonna be really disappointed Thank i love you. that book i dude it's, yeah. it's not collected anywhere is it They're, not? It's not digital. No, they've never collected it. It's not digital. What's funny is, is that Spider-Man 2099, the fall of the hammer crossover between all four books. Yeah. They collect that in the hardcover and that is available on the app. You cannot find, somebody can tell me if I'm wrong. You cannot find Punisher 2099 number one digital or collected. That's sick because it's like I mean it exists. It's, I'm just saying it's not the same caliber. Uh, but that's insane. That I, I enjoyed it. There was some stuff. It was it was good. It was it, I enjoyed it. I I I like yeah. that. At one point, it was really funny when he had the like the mask that thing. He would push. Yeah, it caused the digital the digital Punisher thing over his face. Yeah. So every time it was a camera, he had digital. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I really like that stuff. I mean, the one that I actually didn't. I mean, Doom was really interesting. Doom uh, was the other one everyone liked, and it's like yeah. Because well, then it gets even all, better. There's stuff with it later on, but the one that I never bought. The one I never got into was the Ravager one. Oh, Ravage. Ravage. Ravage was borderline on reading. Listen, listen, remember Stanley wrote it. So let's be I know. <laughs> yeah, but he's, he's Stan not here anymore. Uh, listen, there are a lot of things that Stan wrote that like, I mean, I didn't, I didn't like Stripperella either. So, you know, but oh, uh, I forgot all about that. Yeah, that's really funny. Um, yeah, no, that Ravage, know, I've, I've read Ravage. It's, it's not, it is competent. Well, I, you know, I, I've heard this rumor before. I'm not sure if this is totally true or not. Uh, I heard this rumor that originally it was supposed to be him and Steve Ditko. Oh, that, that was the whole plan of it. It was, it was supposed to be him and Ditko, and Ditko said no or wanted certain controls. I imagine he said, go fuck yourself. Like, I imagine it was somewhere in that realm based on no doubt. everything we know about Steve Ditko. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, so I, I actually have to recreate it. Like, Spider-Man 29 is what I think about a lot. When I sold my collection, it was one of the few things I kept, you know. Nice. Um, 
you know, I, which is funny because I have all these, I have different versions of it because I have when they put it on trade paperback a couple yes. years ago, I have those. And then, but then I still got the omnibus, even though I have multiple <laughs> versions of it. Sure. Uh, I actually have original art from Spider-Man 29. Oh, the only oh. thing is I don't have anything Rick Lenardi based. All I have is, uh, I have Roger Robinson who did okay. it later. I have yeah. one of his pages he gave to me as a gift just because pe- people don't know me like know this. Yeah. Um, in the Marvel section of my office, I have a bunch of Spider-Man 29 stuff. Like I have statues and bobbleheads. You know, I got the new toy because of the new movie. But um, it was funny because I remember at the end of the other um, Spider-Verse movie, the first one, at the very ending, when they showed him, I was just like, it's on my birthday. Aww. It was on my birthday when I saw <laughs> it. And I was like, dude, yes. Like, all right, I am here. Let's go. And then five years later, uh, we got this movie. And it was just really cool to see him. The only yeah. thing I have with that movie, Tom King was giving me a hard time with this yesterday morning. And <laughs> I was explaining to him my thoughts on the movie. And I was like, I really liked it. My daughter loved it. She like lost her mind watching it. And I really enjoyed it. I went into that movie. I was actually in a bad mood because of like work related stuff. Uh-huh. And so I went in to watch it. And I was like, don't let this bad movie ruin this movie for you. <laughs> um, and I really enjoyed it. There was a lot of stuff there. I was thought was really, really cool. It was great. Um, and I was talking about this with Tom, and Tom was like, yeah, I really liked it. I, I'm not sure. I have to watch it again to decide if I like the first one or the second one better. Yeah. It's hard to judge the second one because we don't have the third piece of it. Like, you have right. to have that second half. Yeah, it's empty. But the only thing that drove me crazy is I was like, Miguel O'Hara is not mean. <laughs> like, he is he is snarky. That is, he is sassy. Yeah. He is not mean. That was my only nerdy thing, and the whole thing. Tom was like, "This is the." I was explaining him the whole thing about Miguel O'Hara. So yeah. At one point, Tom just goes, "He's just like, this is the nerdiest I ever." He said, "I love it." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like breaking down like yeah. how I thought Miguel O'Hara was, and so oh no, you were. The movie, 100% I was like, right. I understand. What was that? You're 100 right. No, he is. Yeah. That is virtually not Miguel O'Hara, but I do appreciate in name. In name, he needs to I, be. I mean, they don't even keep the costume, man. Like, I, I look at it like that that, la- that post credit scene where he's like, it's just a beautifully rendered 2099. Dude. And then in the next one, they're like, they even changed the, the the skull. And I'm like, man, all right. Yeah, that was my really pet peeve with it. But I understand that, like, he fulfills this role. And yes. we're also seeing a version of him that is, like, later, right? Like, this right. is the idea. Like, this is, this is, and also it's sort of a commentary about how, like, you know, the multiverse is sort of like poison, you know, in a weird way, right? Like right. they never should have, because that's the thing. If the multiverse never opened up, he never would have gone to that world. You know, the changes, the canon. Exactly. It is funny how it's like breaking continuity is the villain of that movie, which is so <laughs> weird. I was in the theater and I was just like, this movie is speaking to me on like weird level. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 a that's a good point. That's funny. You can't change the continuity. If you change the continuity, the whole thing falls apart. And I was like, oh man. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, that's um, cool. You're doing that. Yeah. You know, it was really interesting, but I I really did enjoy it. Uh, but that was my one pet peeve with it. You know, it's like I, I'm sure there's somebody somewhere out there who loves sensational Spider-Man. I also love that cartoon. But there's somebody loves us with Spider-Man, and then when that person also came out, that version yeah. of Peter came out. It was like, "This is the right thing, Miles." I, there's so their their heart is breaking of like, "Not them too, no." Oh, no, big time! <laughs> no, that uh, that version of Spider-Man is so many's so many people's Spider-Man. That was oh, like so you're talking about entry points. Dude, I didn't realize how intense it was until this last oh, year. Oh, like, dude, yeah, dude, I had no idea. I I now I'm aware because you know I love Spider-Man. He's my favorite Marvel character, and it's like you know I. I, but that's, this is the example I'm talking about sometimes. Where I'm like, I love Spider-Man. I buy Spider-Man. I, you know, I, I, it's one of the few books I do read monthly. You know, and like, I have a ton of Spider-Man stuff. When it comes to Marvel Legends, 
I yeah. only get Spider-Man Marvel Legends because <laughs> also it's it's manageable. If I start collecting X-Men Marvel Legends, I was losing my oh. mind. Uh, yeah. But I get Spider-Man Marvel Legends. Um, but there are pieces of the fandom that I'm like, oh, that's a thing, you know, or, or well, like sensational. Yeah, yeah, sensational. Well, sensational only lasted like what two seasons? We got it was, two, it we got two seasons. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't very long, and it's like. That was one possibly for me because of timeline of like how old I am plus like my yep. work at the time that I just missed. I watched it. I watched some of it in the beginning. Yep. And then obviously I watched it later. Oh yeah. Um, my daughter really likes Spider Man stuff, and so we watched we've watched all the Spider Man cartoons together. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, all of it, all of it. Like from like even the from, uh, the sixties, the eighties. Actually, no, 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 not the sixties, not the sixties. That's fine. We did the sixties one, but Spider Man is Amazing Friends. I love, I love that cartoon. Like, I have that theme song in my head. So good. Like, so we watched some of that. I watched it by myself because I was just like, let's do this. Yep. But she watched it. But then once we got to the nineties one, then she started watching, and then we watched all of since then, like Mm -hmm. up until now. Like, she's seen all of it. She she really likes. That's awesome. Uh, Spider Man. Obviously, once Spider Gwen became a thing, she was like, because she's like a little girl with blonde hair, so she's like, boom, you know. uh, But yeah, it was interesting watching that movie with her and then asking her what she thought about the movie afterward and started getting Mm -hmm. her take on things, you know. Because some stuff, she's so young. Some of the stuff is like, whoop. Yep. But. Mm -hmm. Some of the stuff she understood, like she understood the ideas of and this goes to the thing about clarity of storytelling and intent of like she understood the themes of like friendship across the movie and like what yes. that means to different people and, and building your own band and all that kind of stuff. Like mm-hmm. she that was the stuff that really appealed to her. Um, but you, that, was, that movie was beautiful. Yes. Beautiful. Yeah. Easily. Uh, it, it, Sony somehow, despite the fact that I have my own gripes about Sony as a studio and their use of the Spider-Man character. Um, they're eating Disney's lunch when it comes to making animation. And it is, and I'm here with for that. This, yeah. That this should like, because you know what it is? It's one of those things where like, clearly there is a lot of dictate, like, you know, dictatorial uh, stuff going on where it's like, this has to be this, this has to be that you, you have to do of course. That's but, always like, right a, these big things, but it's a, yeah. it's a studio, you know, I get it. Uh, but like the, but the 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 freedom of expression for the animators like just just go for it and to mm-hmm. to use it as a to just truly embrace it as a visual medium and be like yo um we're gonna like because we're in different universes we can do different animation styles which is of course gonna balloon the budget but whatever we're, we're able to do it um yeah but like to make color become a player in the story and to, oh yeah dude like yeah. it's it's the closest thing to a comic book what comic books achieve because comic books do that where it's like yeah. oh a character is surprised full white background you know what i mean like you know yeah, we can change dude, the so, entire thing yeah it makes me talking about that makes me rewatch it i mean it is it is that that idea of that right that like they utilize all the color all the comic tricks like you just said the white background you know the yep. expressive stuff you know uh like gwen's world is just just beautiful yep just like there's parts of when she's talking to her again everyone has to see this movie like we're deep into spoilers at this point yeah uh when when she's talking to her dad in the second half of the thing yeah dude and it's just like this beautiful like watercolor charcoal like just this pastel thing and you're just like Like, wow it's so amazing like it's not something you normally see in cartoons no you know is it sometimes you do you know and what the thing i really like about that and this goes back to the thing about clarity. It's like, even though, so it's that thing. It's like, yes, there's clarity of story. They're telling us a story, but they're also being really selective of how they tell us that story. Yes. And all those pieces are a part of that puzzle where it's like, you know, having Gwen narrate it from the beginning and the stuff with the drums and everything, like it just, 
just really works really well. Like there was, yeah. there are parts in that movie where I was like, dude, that is, that is a shot of a comic book just blown up on the screen. Absolutely. Know? Like just, just really beautiful. And yeah. Yeah. That's part of the things that movie is really just powerful to watch. It's, it's, I feel like it's a hard movie to judge because it, it's, you know, we know this, it was supposed to be one movie and they broke it in two. Yeah. Um, and that's, what's fascinating to watch. Cause you're just like, how did they do this? Like, yeah. I, I would love to know the process of the meetings where they were like storyboarding oh everything out and they're like, you know what? We don't even get to miles until like 30 minutes into this movie. That, that was one of those things where yeah. I'm like, I get it. Like you could tell they were like, you know what? We just like being in Gwen's world so much. Let's add another 15 minutes to our story and just really yeah. like, just, just, just be in it for a while. They give me time for all those characters and stuff. I mean, my guess, my guess will be in the next movie that miles, they team up. Like at first it's two people yeah. against each other. They'll all team up. Yep. They're gonna have to fight Evil Miles. I will say this: I, I remember talking about James. The moment the very first trailer aired, yeah. I said to James, "I was like, this movie's gonna end with Evil Miles. <laughs> like, there's no way that trailer where his mom is basically talking about like, don't lose yourself. You're this, you're that. Like, all this yeah. in my head is changing. I was like, dude, the cliffhanger of this movie is Evil Miles. Like, there's absolutely." no way it is not evil miles like that has to be the, the it's it's earth three miles yeah coming in. like that is gonna be the thing there's no That's way incredible. it's not like that no i did and, not see that coming i was just like oh really do you go back here's what you do go back and watch the very first trailer released like a year ago yeah watch it you're gonna be like these motherfuckers like they want 100 percent keyed up in the beginning when his mom yeah. is, that speech his mom gives mm-hmm. is so much like i remember watching it it's, like, it's an emotional speech you know about losing himself and like how he's changing and all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, dude, I remember watching it. I missed this. I chatted James. And I was like, yo, this movie's going to end with evil miles, dude. Like yeah. every once in a while, I feel like I get it. I remember, I wish I had tweeted Absolutely. that. If I had tweeted that then I, I would have been, you know, but as yep. you know, I don't use Twitter really. So it's exactly. Like, no, you, all yeah. I do is I basically, I message you or I message James or I'll tell Tom. Like, that's it. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. like when, when I remember when they did the very first, uh, in-game trailer I saw. Oh, yeah. I messaged James and I was like, this movie's gonna open with Barton doing shooting practice with his daughter. <laughs> she's gonna take a shot. He's gonna be like, good shot, turn around, and she's gonna be gone. Yeah. And I was talking to James about that and then cut to credits. Like, that's how this movie's gonna open. And the reason why I thought that because that first trailer showed him and everybody thought his daughter was gonna be Kate Barton, remember? Like, people were like, oh, you know, because that, that trailer they showed that. Yeah, and I remember sitting there, and I was like, I should have tweeted that, and then watching the movie, and yep, that whole opening really. sequence, and I was like, I had it, I knew it. <laughs> um, you know, uh, there were parts of that movie that were really surprising to me with the Spider Verse. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was like, there's no way it's not ending with Evil Miles, mm-hmm. especially once they started really showing all the different versions. I'm like, you're telling me there's oh, yeah. there. there's no Miles in here. Peters, there's all this stuff we know. There's multiple Gwens. Yeah. Uh, there's one miles, right? And but they make that point to be like, well, he was the mistake, which dude, oh my god, oh hurtful, oh. good stuff, yeah, dude. And everybody knows too, like that's the next oh, yeah. level. It's not like oh, there's a secret that just Miguel knows. Miguel tells him like, hey, yeah. you were a mistake, and it's like for him to know and then be like, all my friends know that I'm a mistake. Just oh, yeah. dude, right? Um, I will say the one thing that did get twisted on me was. When he was on the wrong world at the end, really? Like, that was no, that was immediate for me. I'm like, no, that okay. was the part that I was like, what I thought had happened was that something that happened in time, and time it got screwed up. I knew oh. his dad was going to be dead on that world. 
You know what I mean? I, I, oh, yeah. I, I started thinking, I knew that was going to be the case. Like he came home and because of the mistakes he had made, because of what he had done, his timeline would change. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought it was going to be. I like that. And yeah. then it was like the moment Gwen was there, I was like, oh, dude. And then I was like, oh, his, I was like, yeah, his dad's going to be dead. Yep. yep. Oh, Aaron's alive. And I was like, oh, wait, I was right. The moment that happened and Aaron was like, come with me. I was like, oh, there's evil oh. miles on this world. <laughs> I was right all along. Yeah. I was sitting there in the theater with my daughter, like high-fiving myself. My daughter's <laughs> like, what's happening right now? <laughs> right. Uh, Dad, you're getting real excited for this really sad moment in this movie. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, yes. No. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I still really liked the movie. I, I, I oh, thought it was great. really good. There was a lot of great stuff in it. It was just. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's weird to like. And I think I saw this stuff online about people who didn't know it was going to be broken into. My daughter definitely. People was did like, not know. They were like, Dude, and when I'm like, said to be continued, my daughter literally was like, to be continued, what? <laughs> like, I was like, oh, yeah. The, uh, next year, there's another, another one. Yeah. And she was just like, huh. Like, mm-hmm. clicked, I mean, I remember being in the theater uh, when Back to the Future 2 came out. Oh. I went and saw it. And I'm sitting there, you know, I'm, I think I'm like eight or nine. And I'm, I'm watching this movie and I'm loving it. Because I had yeah. watched Back to the Future, like the first one, like on repeat. Ten times. You know, no that movie is so good, yeah. so rewatchable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was like, all right, cool. So I'm watching Back to the Future 2 in the theater. And I am just, I'm just, I'm in it. You know, I'm pumped. Mm-hmm. And we'd seen it with like uh, my family, a couple other families and friends. You know, we all went at the same time to go see it. We all love Back to the Future. Yeah. You know, it was packed. I mean, that theater, I remember that theater was packed. And uh, we're sitting there, and, and and then he gets trapped in the wild. <laughs> he gets the <laughs> note, and then it like, zooms out, you know. Yeah. And then they show the trailer. Yeah, they, they show, show the trailer. trailer. Now, is that true? Because I remember it being—it's part of every Blu-ray and every DVD. I saw it. I've seen the movie a hundred times, and it shows like we shot the movie, and it's like this beautiful trailer of like this is what the next movie is going to be about. And it's coming out soon. Um, was that in the theater when you saw yeah, it? Yeah, hundred percent. 100% they showed the trailer. That is 100% true. They, awesome. Boom, here's the trailer, right? I remember a friend of mine's dad was sitting behind me, and he literally goes, oh, you've got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> like, I will always remember that reaction. That's awesome. I will always remember this person being like, oh, you've got to be fucking kidding me. And I was like, <laughs> what? This is awesome. Yeah, I'm getting yes. a whole nother movie. Oh, my God. Like, you're telling me I love Back to the Future 1, and I got to see Back to the Future 2, and 3 is already coming? Let's do this. And yeah. The Western. Th- at that point, I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen a Western before. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. No, for me, I'm like, oh, and it's a Western. Oh. <laughs> well, it was weird. Well, I mean, there, there's so much of like the setup for it to be a Western, you know, like it's Oh my God. There. It's all over those movies. You're like, yeah, it's so funny. Yeah. When you go back and you uh, rewatch them, you're like, oh yeah, they got us. They always they were, knew. They were telling us this whole time. What? Um, yeah. This is the first Western I ever saw in the theater i have to think about this it was either young guns 2 or it was unforgiven and i was probably way too little to be watching both those movies in the definitely <laughs> uh, but i definitely saw those i always joke around like basically from like 1988 to oh yeah so 1988 all the way until probably like 1999 maybe 2000 i feel like i saw almost every movie because i'm like mm-hmm. when i start looking at the, the lineups and the movies that have come out i'm like was I going to the movie? Especially that window, like, I'll say 88 to about 94. Yeah. I'm like, when I look at the movies that came out and you look at when That's they a great came time. Out. Are you kidding yeah. me? Well, also look at look at when they came out, right? Yeah. If you look at, look at like Wikipedia, look at the calendar, I'm like, yep. 
was I going to the movies every single weekend? Like I must have, <laughs> I must yeah. have, you know? Um, well, let me ask you this and then we'll, we'll wrap up uh, sure. for, for the day, you know? Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this one question. Cause I know the answer to mine. I was trying to figure okay. it out and I know the answer. I might, I might double check something before. Okay. Uh, for you personally, do you remember the first movie you ever saw in the theater? I vaguely do. I, I, I think I do remember the first movie I ever saw. And I, it, it, okay. I don't think <laughs> I do. Okay. I, I remember, I, I remember my first movie experience that like oh, when I was okay. conscious, you know what I mean? Like I remember yeah, going, yeah. it was rare. My folks did not like taking me to the movies um, because they didn't believe in like children going to the movies. <laughs> what oh my god well, we have to talk. okay that's a conversation for another day maybe yeah, they were just like don't bring kids to the movies okay like when i did go to the movies it was like with other people like my uncle or for with friends and stuff like that um i did not go to the movies with my folks very much but i remember them dragging me to see in fantasia when it was re-released oh, like a re-release oh yeah. wow okay and i remember seeing beauty and the beast in theaters um so Man. i saw that I, know. I never saw I, those. I think I might have seen Fantasia in the theater. I know. I know. I saw Fantasia two thousand. Oh theater. yeah. No, I did uh, not see. By the time I no, because I saw Fantasia and I was like, this is the most boring thing I've ever seen in my entire. Oh, dude. Life. You know, it's like, funny. My my daughter really loves it. That's like, awesome. We've we watched the first one. Um, but to be fair, if you watch it in segments, I imagine in the theater when you're a little kid, it's you know, right, it's a long. Seeing, um, it's a it's long. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's an intermission. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know yeah. i remember again like i feel like you hit a certain point for me where i'm like i must have gone every week and oh, i yeah. especially once i got around to like 1990 yeah i was just riding my bike and i had three three bucks and i would go, you can go. Yeah. yeah i would just go three dollars sit down watch a matinee like once i figured out you could go to the movies for like three dollars i was oh like oh my god you were doing this yeah yeah. And I lived, I lived like two miles away on a bike, like a bike ride, like a two mile mm -hmm. away from the movie theater and the comic oh, store and the pizza awesome. hut and the arcade, like all that stuff. There was a, there was an area that had all that and they were all in a little block. It was like yeah. a movie theater that only had two screens. Mm -hmm. And there was a comic book store literally next door to it. Oh, Across awesome. the street, there was a subway and a pizza hut and the pizza oh, hut arcade. You're kidding me? Dude. No, and there was a video store a little bit further away, like around the corner. There was an ice cream store and then a legit candy store that was like one of those candy like joke stores. Like in Willy Wonka. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah, no, exactly. Where it's like they have candy, but they also have like jokes and gag gifts and stuff, you know? I know those kind of uh, stores, yeah. Yeah, that was my childhood. So as much as I could get up there, that's all I would do. So especially in the summer, I was there like every day. Yeah. Every day. Oh, I'm looking, at, there. I'm looking at Beauty and the Beast that came at 91. I saw Ghostbusters 2 in the theater. So, yeah, and that's when is that? That's 89. That was 89? Yeah, it's 89. So, yeah, I saw Ghostbusters 2, but that was like, dude, real quick. Um, when I was a kid, I'm I'm not, you know, I'm not I'm not terribly young, but like when I was a little kid, Batman was going to be a movie starring Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson. Yeah. I was so hyped to go see it. And I had a little Batman costume. It, it was a cowl oh, that was okay. attached to a cape and everything. And my older sister, who was much older than I am, uh, she was like, "Well, I'll take you to see Batman." opening night and so i am ready to go and i put on my batman costume i get down to the kitchen she's there my parents are like yeah you're not going to see it we read a review in the star ledger that said that it's really not appropriate for children 
So like I spend all day getting hyped to see Batman for the first time because I watched the Adam West show. That is my my my, my, my Batman exposure is oh dude yeah comic I mean, I books comics before then but comic yeah, books and the, Adam the West TV show and yeah uh, dude but uh, I love Beetlejuice so I oh, love yeah. Beetlejuice I love uh um you know Pee Wee's Big Adventure so I knew who Tim Burton was by then I was a little you know I was like eight yeah uh but yeah dude I went. And so I feel bad for you. That's awful, dude. I can't believe that whole day of like this build whole day. Get there, and I'm wearing know? my. You're, you're telling a kid in a Batman costume like you can't go see Batman tonight, dude. That is it's, because it's got bad words in it or something. I was like, oh my god, dude. That's 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 super rough, dude. That is rough. super super rough. <laughs> I have, what was your first movie? I think I was. I was talking with my wife a, a few weeks ago. I think I saw the Care Bears movie first. <laughs> I think that's what I saw first. I that, think was that was a movie a one. lot of children went to go see. Yeah, and you know what? Like, I'm. I know I probably saw a couple other things here and there. Like, I was doing the math because I'm like, I know I saw Oliver and Company. I know I saw them before time. You know, I was like, oh, I saw that too. Trying to figure out, you know, what was the math of when I saw what? Well, we saw them before time. That means you, you probably that, you know, like I, I think that's '88. It it might be '89 too, but it might be even earlier than that. You're right. Before time came out the same weekend as another Disney movie, and I'm blanking out what it was. I think it was Oliver and Company. Like they came on the same weekend. Um. Which is weird because I'm like I saw both those that weekend. I know I did. You know, it's like <laughs> uh, we yeah. Labor time part time was '88, and I saw that one too. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. So you're starting to track back. So I think Carberry was it. I remember, and I'll bring it all back around to GI Joe Transformers stuff. I do remember seeing uh, Transformers in the theater. Ooh. And uh, that was my first like, oh shit. Because <laughs> like, they, they talk about that about kids being. I wasn't traumatized by. It. I loved it. I thought that yeah. movie was awesome. I didn't leave that theater being like, "Oh no, Optimus Prime died. They killed his character." I was like, "Yo, that was real." Like I felt even a little kid. I was like, "Oh, they went there." Um, yeah. And also was like, and then also look at all these new toys they just put on the screen. You know, totally. I was like, "I'll get a hot rod toy. Let's go." You know, yeah. Let's, let's get all those toys, man. Um, yeah, wheelie. Yeah, let's, let's go. Let's, let's give me yeah. give me some more toys. Uh, right. The one thing that's really weird about that, and I didn't know this until the last couple of years, if you would ask me, let's say five years ago, if I had seen G.I. Joe the movie in the theaters, I would have said yes. I'd be like, right. yeah, I did. Right. But it, but, but it did not air in theaters. This has haunted me. Yeah. Because I have this memory. I'm like, I saw that movie in the theaters. Yeah. I remember my dad, like, I remember going with my parents. Uh, I remember afterward getting toys from the movie, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I'm like, I saw that in the theater. I know I did. And I'm like, but I, but I know it didn't air in the theater because of yeah. what had happened with the Transformers movie. So I'm yep. like, what, how did I see it? How did I see it? And, and here's what I've kind of come to the conclusion. This is my guess is mm-hmm. I must've seen it at like, like they must have like literally brought it out on a screen yep. and showed it to us yeah. as a group. And that is that, that, that has to be like VHS or whatever. Like, yeah, because you I, saw I it feel in like a crowd in a crowd. You're a California kid, right? Yeah. I'm a California kid. Yeah. Maybe they had a screening. And like your parents knew, yeah. You know and I mean? like the like, Shriner, like I like the Shriner, right? in California, they have the Shrine Convention, and and, exactly. and uh, so years ago when I was little, again, um, not that little at this point, but you know, I would go to the Shrine Convention every month, and it was like a swap meet. But they had a room where they would show movies, and sometimes they would do advanced movies. They would do screenings. One time, exactly. we went. 
and they did a marathon of every episode of they had a panel and they did every episode of the first two seasons of the X-Men cartoon. It was a marathon. Oh my God. That's awesome. So they showed all of it. <laughs> and then at the ending, they showed it's a premiere of the season finale, like two parter, like I think it was Savage Land, like two parter they did. Yeah. Right? They aired that. And so I remember seeing it. it was a really awesome way to watch that whole thing. The sound kind of sucked, but you that was the way I watched it. Yeah. A friend of mine told me this story. Well, so that was I you're right. I, it must have been something like that because I'm, I'm, I just feel it like in my there's no in way my they soul. didn't in California. There's no <laughs> way they didn't screen GI Joe for children, right? Oh, uh, like, you know, I know they did, but I, I don't know. I mean, that's the thing about like if they did, I imagine the the screening is me totally speculating at this point. It probably didn't have the like doc yelling like Duke's alive, he's okay. <laughs> you know? No, probably not, right? <laughs> but I remember that. That was also another thing about that. Movie, oh, you remember that, me like, like it's okay. <laughs> yeah, Duke's gonna like right, everybody. Dude, I love it. It's so funny. Uh, I will end on on this. Uh, yes. A friend of mine told me the story one time. This is totally unrelated, but we we're talking about the Shrine Convention in yes. California. A friend of mine told me this story where like he would go to the Shrine too. Just, just you know, you go, you swap meet, you look at comics and stuff, and then yeah. he goes to the shrine. And he, his, his favorite comic of all time was Grant Morrison's uh, Invisibles. That was like his favorite okay. thing. He was, you know, his favorite comic of all time, and it was still coming out when this happened. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's like early, early 1999, and he's at the shrine convention, and somebody comes to him, and they're like, "We're actually going to screen a movie." Because actually part of that shrine convention, there is a part that is more of a movie theater. They have like a regular panel room, but they have a movie mm-hmm. theater. Uh, it's small, but they were like, you know, we're going to do a screening. People are here. You know, it's, a, it's one of those ones, you know, where they're going to – producers are going to be in the room, you know. Yeah. But it's, it's going to be one of those screens, but it's a public screening. Do you want to go? And he was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Let's do it, right? He goes in there. They close the curtain. He watches it. Uh, it was The Matrix. Oh. And – this is before they started advertising. Right. I don't remember oh, in the 90s, oh, in 1999, no, yeah. it was like every single comic book had a Matrix out of the back where it was that one with the, the, the little the egg. Yep. You know? You had no idea what this movie was about. There was nope. a green thing with an egg in it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. he went in more fresh than any of us got to do. Totally. And he said that while he was sitting there, it was like reality opened up for him. It was just like <laughs> everything he had ever wanted in a movie was suddenly on the screen. And he yeah. had to go in a completely blind, blind. I, I was i was talking about this with uh somebody who was another editor we were talking about um how i was i don't watch a lot of trailers so my rule is this with trailers for movies i will watch the first one sure i'll watch the first one i won't watch the rest it won't give it away i feel like yeah. deeper and deeper they give stuff away you oh, know yeah. and i'm pretty good about avoiding spoilers yeah fairly good knock on wood mm-hmm. every once in a while like it'll be somebody telling me it's never because i saw Someone it, fucks it you know, up. yeah it's i know told me you know uh-huh um or I'll get just a tiny bit of information to where I can, I can unlock it. I'm that's like, the, oh, that's the worst. That's the worst is when yeah. you're like, they tell you something like that completely spiraled out and told me the whole story. <laughs> yeah. They're like, Oh, here's this little thing. And I'm like, wait, what? And then, yeah, your brain knows the math. Especially with the comic book thing. Your brain knows the math. We were like, Oh, I know the whole thing. You know? So I mean, yeah, it definitely like, uh, yeah. The only movie that didn't work for me was the, 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 the trailer for Prometheus because I was mm. like, I was like, Oh, I've got this because I love Alien and I love Alien. I know this thing. Here's how it goes. And it and the worst is when you see that movie and you go, that's that's really what they should have done was not this. Not this. I, I have, this I, have was. 
I, I have weird feelings in the movie because obviously you know uh, it's gorgeous. The fire and stone stuff. Yeah, I will say it's about that movie. It has a really great movie score. I oh, was yeah. listening to it yesterday. It is a great. It is sounds great. great. It looks good. I I yeah. really I wish it were. Oh, I bought the three D version of it. That's actually yeah. how I saw it. I have a three D TV. Oh uh, shit! In the, in the living room. So I <laughs> watched cool. it. Uh, I watched it. That was how I saw it. I didn't see it in the theater. I saw it on uh, in my house in three D glasses. And just <laughs> popped it in and was like, "Let's That's do cool. this thing." And I, but I was glad I saw it that way, like in the privacy of my house. It was just. It was much more about the visual of anything yes, else. It really know? is. Yeah. Uh, I just have a pet peeve about characters. Uh, I have an ongoing thing about this, and I, I feel this way about real life. None of us should really fuck with nature. And I feel like if you see an animal or anything that is animal adjacent, you should not touch it. Leave it you alone. Should not go near it. <laughs> so it is one of my biggest pet peeves if I'm watching a movie and I see somebody be like, oh, what's this over here? I'm like, no, no you lost me. You can't do it. <laughs> Idiot. Yeah. Especially if you're supposed to be like the smart people, <laughs> like, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's if, why if alien you spend work. time explaining me this person is the smartest person, yeah. and then they're like, "There's this weird egg thing over here. I wonder if I should put my hand I'm in there, put my face in there." <laughs> yeah, no, that's why I like like space truckers dooming humanity. I love it. Yes, he's like, yeah, I don't know, like, that's fun. But yeah, the moment you have the smartest person in the room doing the stupidest thing, I'm like, what happened? And yeah. I'm malicious. I understand malicious moves that are selfish in a movie. Totally, totally that's a monster. That. Yeah, like I get. Yeah, that. yeah, I get that. But, but just not, being dumb, uh, that's lazy. Yeah, yeah like let it. me go. Let me go. Let me keep going deeper into this thing. Like I understand if it's a cave. So let's say there's a cave, and a character yeah. is going deeper into a cave. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Right, right. Anything that is animal or animal adjacent. So I'm, I'm talking about like you know what I mean. It, it could be yeah. birds, reptiles, whatever. It's yeah. like anything that falls in that realm. Do not go near it. Like <laughs> it's funny, that yeah. is, and I I feel this way in real life. I even get weird about zoos. Like zoos make me paranoid sometimes. Like I go to the <laughs> I zoo. I had no and idea like, that there was this mm, whole thing. Yeah, that's interesting. No, this isn't. This isn't good. What are we doing here? Yeah. Like, Do you know there's animals over there? <laughs> that's funny. I like it. That animal will kill a person. It's right yeah. there. Did you know this? <laughs> right. Yeah. Why are they? Why is it out in public? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute, you know the line right over there? It's a full on line, like a killer person line. What the I'm hell sure is they're happy, here? but there's a line right there. I mean, we don't know if they're happy or not. They haven't told right. us. Have they told you? <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're just chilling over there. Like right. I have a fear of uh, my wife gives me hard time was I have a fear of uh, hippos. And she's oh, well, they're, like, they're, you will never see a hippo in real life. And I'm like, what are you talking about? They're at the zoo. There's a like right there. Yeah. <laughs> you watch I think this is the thing about hippos. I will end on this before we yeah. go a whole tangent. The thing about hippos is really funny is fantasia to bring it back. oh yeah it has warped our brain about hippos right we think they're cute and fun we think they're sexy. cute and we think they're lazy big elephants in underwater you know they're big pugs chilling yeah. in the water no man they they're will monsters. kill you they, <laughs> yes yeah yeah they try Dude, to there's that video where they're watching that one chasing the boat oh, have you seen yeah, that forget about it yeah, yeah. Dude, i'm like no no, 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 no. Yeah, so. they'll throw watermelons in their mouths and be like, look at that. And I'm like, that's yeah, a man's Yeah, nothing. Way. It's like, oh, no, they will eat you. And yeah. they don't care. <laughs> that You're mad at you. They're very <laughs> mad at you. So yeah. I have a lot of, yeah, I got, some someday you and I have a whole conversation about all my weird paranoid uh, yes. stuff that I have. <laughs> <Weird>. <laughs> we've, we've all my weird little uh, superstitions of things. But yeah. Oh, that's anyway. But uh, Josh, thanks for being here. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Subscribe yeah, all. And uh, make sure to check out uh josh's uh, gi joe work which is coming soon Ke yeah, uh, yeah. by the time the next episode san diego airs Comic -Con. san diego comic-con i'm excited uh next books what's what's the next books that we should uh they should pre oh man yeah so i mean you know right now i think when this is coming out like superman will have just come out uh, yep. five yeah. it's really fun ends on uh 
a cool cliffhanger, I think. Uh, you know, and then Green Arrow's coming out for that, and then we're digging into Night Terrors for the summer, and Can't then wait. Batman and Robin hits uh, in September. Yeah, hell yeah, really exciting. Oh yeah, I'm excited, man. Uh, yeah, thanks so a lot for it's watching, been buddy. done for a while. I feel like issue one has been done for so long. So oh yeah, kind of weird to like. See like it? today, they were like, "Oh, it's coming." They're we're gonna do some stuff, and I was like, "Oh man, yeah." Like, but it's been done for so long. Anyway, Dude, yeah. people, people were uh, a, a clip from this show was dropped on Twitter the other day that was like, "I'm sorry, wait." who is Lois Lane hiring to join the Daily Planet? And there were people guessing about who it was. And I was like, oh, oh really? it still hasn't come out yet. Ha ha. Oh, man. Yeah, that'll be in the annual. Yeah. yeah. I, For the record, really I was wrong. My guess in the episode, I was wrong. Oh, I, yeah, I, you were wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, wrong. I was very I, wrong. I'm curious people are going to think about it. Yeah. 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 And what's great is the people who guessed, they didn't guess what I guessed. So like they, it, there's plenty of options and plenty of options. Yeah. I'm curious people are going to think about who is Lois Lane hired or planet, but yeah, you'll yeah. see. It's fun. It's fun. All right, everybody. See you next time. So long. Yeah.